I'm going to charge right in. Uh, we have a, an amazing new substitute host for Hussein, who is still, he's still off on, on his vision quest uh, to find the lost episodes of Evangelion, where you can, where you can see Captain Katsuragi naked, Captain Major Katsuragi naked. Um, I've heard that he's collected four of the five Chaos Emeralds necessary to unlock the DVDs, but that they're actually of the wrong region. So, before Hussein gets back, mm. I'd like to introduce our guest host for this week, Raheem Kassam. Hello, welcome, thank you. Thank you for having, for, thank you for having me on this, on this show to talk about my, my passion of free speech and free dialogue and free ends. And, you know, I, I love free speech. I love free speech so much. My, my parents came into this country and when they went to get their, get their passports so that they could start their small businesses in the town square before the days when you would get threatened with being beheaded by ice cream men who are actually ISIS jihadis because we're in the Tower Hamlets, which by the way is a no-go zone. And I wanted to thank you, by the way, for that wonderful episode where you reviewed, reviewed my book. Uh, about the number of no-go zones happening in London. It's a very scary thing, and I'm glad that you've survived. It's, it is. Raheem, I would just like to congratulate you on speaking so fluently on that topic, despite being silenced by the tape over your mouth. Thank you. It, it, it's, it, 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 it ta- it's taken a lot of practice. Uh, it's taken a lot of practice, but I follow in the examples of many free speech warriors in this, in this, in this beautiful world, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and, of course, Doogie Howser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes you got to put a tape, piece of tape over your mouth to really have free speech, you know, because it's true. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of you got... who believed in triggering the libs, it was Martin Luther King. And, well, he, uh, well, sort of, he kind of did. But um, if anything, is, it's, uh, we're all so lucky that people like you and Miley Yiannopoulos and Sargon of Akkad and um, that, that gamer that said the N-word once... We're so lucky and so fortunate as a society that you guys have mm. these huge national platforms uh, that you can access any time to reach multiple like millions of people to actually let them know that there is this threat to your free speech. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, when I, when I think about the mission that we're trying to accomplish on May, on May the 6th, when we're going to go outside of Twitter and we're going to demand Twitter, we're going to demand at Jack, we're going to at Jack. <laughs> We're going to add Jack and we're going to say, Jack, you must get rid of Krang. You must get rid of Krang. He's doing He's infringing on your free speech. He's infringing on our free speech. He's threatening. He is the leader of the ISIS super army. Silence Krang in the name of free speech. (laughs) The ISIS army that is threatening people like Lauren Southern and the man with the dog. What we want is for Jack to get Krang off Twitter. So we we're we're tweeting him this. It's the hashtag is uh Jack Krang off. <laughs> it's true that in the in the legacy of sort of free speech and enlightenment thought, you can't forget uh, everything from Plato and Socrates getting renewed by like people like, thinkers like Machiavelli in the Renaissance through the English liberals like Hobbes and and then and through the French like Voltaire, and that's all culminated mm. in Count Dankula making his dog do a Nazi salute and then protesting Twitter because no one follows him. I sometimes, I sometimes think that Count Dankula belongs in a different time. He belongs in a time when he can drink with Voltaire and Hobbes and Machiavelli and all those great philosophers, all those great thinkers that 
defended free speech at a time when free speech actually had some value. Well, as Voltaire said, I may disagree with training your dog to do a Nazi salute, but I'll defend to the death your right to do it. You make a good point, Milo. You make a very good point, Milo. That just because I don't like your podcast, I don't like for music. Why does gin? Why? Why does the music play on the podcast? Why can't it be something classical and authentic? Have you heard? I, I've brought a CD for you. I've brought a CD for you, and it has this wonderful song. It has this wonderful song, which I think would really, really up the quality of the show. It's by this beautiful band called Disturbed. <laughs> You know, and the song is called I really Down thought with it was the Sickness. Have you, <laughs> Have you heard of Down the with si- the Sickness? The sickness uh, is freedom, I heard. <laughs> yes, yes. When, mm. when, when they say Down with the Sickness, when they say Down with the Sickness, the sickness is for liberals and the PC elites. I heard, I heard that. And Krang, it's Krang. <laughs> <laughs> May the 6th come down to Whitehall and demand at Jack. <laughs> Delete Krang's account. <laughs> delete, delete Krang, and delete, uh, maybe, this. maybe open the DMs of more attractive women. We need more attractive women with their DMs open. We do. I, I have said to Jack. I have said to at Jack. I've said at Jack. I've said at Jack. My DMs were once open, and I would have at least five women, five beautiful women, and at least three of them were real, and I verified them on their Facebook accounts. You could tell because they have their own live sex chat rooms that they want to talk to you in. <laughs> yes. You know, you I'll- can't set that up if you're not a real person. Yes. I've met one of them on this website. I don't know if you've heard of it. Guys, called- I actually don't have time for this because there are mums in my area who just want to meet up and fuck. <laughs> I met- I- If we could wrap this up a bit fast. I met this beautiful woman on, on Twitter.com. And I found her personal website on this on this on this beautiful website. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Babe Station. <laughs> have you heard of Babe Station? Uh, I, I've heard. I have heard of Babe Station. It's one of the. It's it's one of the things that's keeping Britain great. Um, it is like you know what it is. It's like yeah, you know what it's. We we're not going to be part of the EU anymore. And but what we do have is they're going to come trade yes. with us because they're going to need. To call the Nokia phones to to talk to the girls rolling around on the mattresses, yes. who are definitely the ones answering the phones. And this is what I called my father. This is what I told my father, Steve Bannon, about. I said to Steve Bannon, I said, Steve, if we don't get out of the EU, the European Union, Jean Claude Juncker, he's going to ban Babe Station. He's going to make it difficult to import Nokia thirty two tens into this country. He's going to say that no one deserves a Nokia thirty two ten. Well, I say this to you, Mister Juncker. Everyone deserves at least a Nokia 3310. 3310, yes, Raheem. No, no tariffs on Nokia 3310s. That's an official trash Down with the policy. sickness, down with Krang, and down with the smartphone. <laughs> Buy my book. Babe Station are actually a step ahead of Elon Musk because they're already in space with their international Babe Station. <laughs> All right. Hey, can I ask you a question? Babes from yes, around the world. Why are there semen stains on your laptop? Do you not use a little handkerchief i keep a handkerchief in my jacket every time i go out so in case i need to bust one uh-huh. in the name of freedom in the name of anti-sharia law i can always wipe it clean so that when i am doing my podcasts no one has to ask me why are there semen stains on your I keyboard that's just dust uh-huh. hmm. I
kind of weird that it's called Curious Cat, isn't it? Because infamously, like, Curiosity killed the cat. Like, it's not really a very good association. It's like calling an airline, like, 9-11. I mean, you're going to get noticed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nate? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm going to say, welcome back. Welcome back to uh, an episode of Trash Future, the podcast about, you know, the whole thing, you know, with the communism. And if we don't do it, the future will be trash. Uh, we have the original, well, sort of the original lineup. We have the canonical lineup. Oh, is this where I introduce myself? Yes. Yes, I'm back. I'm back from the vision quest. Um, <clears throat> much like our thick boy, Thanos, uh, I have found four of the five stones, um, which basically means I can't unlock the DVD in languages that aren't French, Algerian, Czech, uh-huh. or the most important language, Chechen. Of course. <laughs> um, because that's really how Evangelion was supposed to be consumed. It was supposed yeah. to be consumed through God's own language, Chechen. You want to watch the anime in the original Chechen. Yeah. Obviously. Um, so exactly. That's really, that's really thrown out the, the idea I had for a, an anime party with the, the guest of honor being Ramzan Kadyrov. <laughs> so thanks for that, Hussein. Um, so I'll be searching far and wide for that last stone. Yo, we have to make sure that Ramzan Kadyrov never watches anime. Because like, if you ever like, think about what would happen if Ramzan Kadyrov watched like uh, Dragon Ball Z, is he'd be like he would spend the next like ten years trying to genetically engineer his son to be able to do a Kamehameha. Yeah, I mean, the and alternative he would successfully do it. The alternative is to to make sure he only watches one type of anime, which is Love Hina. Yeah. Oh, oh, that'd be. Ram- I mean, that'd be sweet. Ramzan, like Ramzan Kadarov would just like. Okay, if like, it depends what kind of anime you expose Ramzan Kadarov to, right? Because if there's anything I've learned about him and his obsession with like MMA and stuff, I'm sure he's watched ten times. Is, <laughs> is that yeah? I'm sure, him and it. Kurt Eichenwald uh, is that. <laughs> Ramzan Kadarov <laughs> is ridiculously impressionable. Hmm. This is what Kurt told like, me. I think, I think, like, like, I think before MMA became popular, I bet, like, I bet he was like watching pro wrestling and thought that he could like suppress the uh, suppress the Chechen Muslim population by doing a wicked suplex off the top rope. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's it's important that if he is watching any sort of anime. It is stuff that isn't necessarily like genocidal or could possibly give him ideas of like forging a giant bazooka cannon. No, no giant robot and no mecha. I don't know. I think it'd be really. I think he's already he's already too powerful. He's so jacked. He looks like a he looks like a sort of uh, if Ed Sheeran had gigantism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we're going to send. So as like as a peace offering, because we're so inspired by Donald Trump, like. Um, because Donald Trump was able to kind of, you know, supposedly help the South Koreans and the North Koreans find some kind of common ground. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I love. I I don't. I mean, look. The extent to which that- he sat them down and made them watch the P tape, and after that, <laughs> really, we must watch. The, I mean, that I'd I'd make peace with my worst enemy for that. Corporate Britain. <laughs> uh, if I could watch the P tape, I would totally start getting better at like stuff that I should be okay at. Would w- if someone said to you that you c- we can let you watch the P tape, but you have to become a lib? Would you do it? <sighs> Is the P tape worth becoming a lib? What what kind of lib do I have to become? Do I um, do I need to? Okay, 
on the scale of paying for You have er- to watch the P tape and then you have to tweet Donald Trump and say, Sir, sir, this is a disgrace to the presidency, oh, sir. So I could become like one of those Krasenstein guys. Yeah. The I, ultimate the ultimate Trump reply Bitcoin evangelists. Are you not familiar with these guys? No. They're two brothers who were implicated. The president. There were two brothers. <laughs> they were just two brothers. Right. There were two brothers. Uh, called Ed and something else, Krasenstein. Yeah. And they like they are like they have like they have like half a million followers. They fo- each follow like half a million people. So they're like yeah. follow back guys. Um, and they were both implicated in some kind of like shady business dealing from yeah. a few years ago. And now they're like citizen journalists who are like, oh, Mr. Trump, we are going to expose your lies and, and, yeah. and whatever. And they're underneath every reply. But he really exposes his own lies. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like that's that's what it is. Like, it's 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 I called you. It's that like his whole family just is completely like guileless <laughs> that when they <laughs> it's it's like I, I think that way, like the way they think of the crime being committed is they think you can only do it if you're dressed in like striped pajamas and holding a giant dollar sign sack. Yeah. Right? Like, so you would become the third brother. Like fucking Donald Trump Jr. whose well, LinkedIn page no, is his I job think, is um, crime. I think Jesse, Far- Jesse Farrar, Bronze Hammer, I think it was him who made a fake Daryl Krasenstein <laughs> account. <laughs> uh, no, I fucking love those guys. But no, here's what we're going to do. With this, his name sounds like a parody account name. I mean, it's very easily parodyable. He once seriously, rep- he once like, oh, there are nine accounts pretending to be me, and one was just called Ed Krasenstein's mom, and it was like, <laughs> dude, he's pretending to be your mom. But we can't just do Twitter this week in Twitter. It's like, it's like one of those memes where it's like, there are nine. Choose one. He will fight with you. The other eight will try to kill you. Choose wisely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like Trump, Russia. Honor, freedom, Bitcoin. That's what it means to be a Krasenstein. Nice. Uh, yo, so, but nice. we can't just be Twitter recap. Right. We have to do other stuff as well. And we made a curious cat for all you curious cats out there. So you could ask some questions to us. So we both have curious cats. Oh, yeah. And what I found is that people seem to send you very weird and thirsty messages. Yes. Like all the time. Yeah, and on the ones that I choose to broadcast, most of them are either kind of weirdo Muslims asking, like, what kind of Muslim am I, or they will be people who will just find out with this free quiz from Cambridge Analytica, (laughs) (laughs) or they'll just like, or they'll just like send me these really random messages, which will sometimes go along the lines of "coffee is not a soup," which is wrong, by the way. Or, I think that was me. <laughs> it is a suit. It's um, in the hadith. I think there was there was one there was one really there was one like very very strange one, um, which I'm trying to find at the moment. Uh, I'll find it in a second. But yeah, like there these just like very strange messages, and I kind of is this very strange golf, and I'm just kind of wondering like is it because like on Twitter do you like portray yourself as like an inherently sexual person, and is this why you're getting these messages? I mean, well, I I, I guess everyone on I don't know I don't think so. I, unless people think that ninety percent of Riley's horny curious cat messages are from his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She is very horny on Maine. Um, yo, so shall we? Shall we? Shall we see what what the people have asked? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, how yeah. many journalists have turned down appearing on the podcast for reputational oh, reasons? Right. Okay. So we're not allowed to name them, but there have actually been there have been a couple of people who have turned them down, and one of them actually did say, I'm not going on your show because I want to still keep my job. 
Um, you know who you are, and that's I mean it's probably an all right decision, but also you're a bit of a pussy as well. <laughs> um uh, really? but I still want to write stuff for you, so please do get in touch. Um I think, as far as I know, I think there's been about three. Oh man. I know one of them. There are the other two. Plus plus Abu Bakral Baghdadi, <laughs> if I would be off brand. <laughs> Milo, he is too much on his it plate. It's a, a friend of the show. He has too much going on. <laughs> he runs various newspapers. He's more of like a mogul than anything else. Um, but yeah, so we both know one of them who was like a fairly big dog. And he would have been, he could have been fun, but also like he was, he's not a comrade. Um, so it could have really gone like various ways. And there's been a couple of others who have sort of been like lukewarm. They've kind of been, well, think about it. And then they never come back to you, which I guess is like sort of a throwback to, you know, when we were both teenagers trying to go on dates. Yeah. Um, studying the blade instead of course we decided instead to study the blade which we're still doing so okay <laughs> um, uh, let's see Will Keith come on Trash Future <laughs> uh, um, what's a good fun one that we can do um, can you do a call me about can you do a call me by your name style switcheroo where everyone is switched to another co-host's name I've never seen call me by your name so. uh, nor have I I don't watch like good movies that yeah. shit's reactionary so I have literally no idea what this question's about. Yeah. Um, I think it's. I, I mean, I think look, a call me, but I know that yeah. a call me, call me by your name is like a, like a, like a, like a homosexual love story. And there is a scene where a guy fucks a peach. What? Yeah, there's a scene in the film. Is that not James and the Giant Peach? I don't know how, how big the peach is. All I know is fucks a peach. I don't think I James know and the because Giant Peach on Tumblr, is a homosexual love but, story. <laughs> on Tumblr, there were just fucking peaches everywhere, and I was trying to figure out why. And then I typed in peaches on Tumblr and I found out. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's, it's the emoji. A story of forbidden love between a boy and his giant peach. <laughs> Society wouldn't accept oh, them. Shit. Only the open sea would. James and the giant peach is just vor from the perspective of a peach. <laughs> What's weird is that the peach doesn't decay during the film. Like peaches, do yeah. they, they go off fast. Fucking I mean, hell, roll like, doll. You're on notice, bitch. This peach was clearly GMO. Not James and the giant the peach. Size, but because James the and the giant peach suffers from some radical departures from realism. <laughs> uh, Milo, here's one for you. Uh, I think there should be more in-depth classics jokes. In particular, I would like a riff on the storyline from the Aeneid, where he goes into the underworld and meets Caesar and Octavian. Hell yeah! I so, fully, I fully agree with this. I think we should do a whole episode of Trash Future where we, we speak to the Sybil and go to the underworld and we meet like our progenitor podcasters of future centuries. I mean, we're all like talking about busting in terms that our tiny brains can barely even understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, because that's this, that's basically like the most propaganda in terms of the Aeneid being a bit of propaganda. That's the most propagandistic scene or one of the most propagandistic scenes. Right, yeah, where it's like where basically that, that, that and the ecrisis of the shield. That of, you know, I hate the shield. You yeah, know, but I'm agreeing with you that the shield is propaganda. Octavian was like one of the original like Snoop Dogg type people who like changed his name several times throughout his career, according to like current trends. Or like P Diddy actually is the original, <laughs> isn't he? Puff Diddy, P Diddy, Diddy, Octavian, same thing. You know. Well, uh, it's um Octavian, fucking Augustus, Caesar Augustus. You know, who is this guy? <laughs> Well, there you go. There is your riff on the storyline from the Aeneid where he goes into the underworld and meets Caesar and Octavian. <laughs> I hope oh, yeah, it was worth that it. Riff. Nate, turn that shit up. Um, Crank that shit to 11. Let's see. You know how they caught the Unabomber because they recognized his style of writing in the manifesto? 
Do you think that will ever happen with posting? What they will get caught for like our bad tweets. Well, because the Unibono, like he he actually he made the manifesto, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He compiled stuff. Whereas I think in the case of like posting, is this going to be like someone re- like recovering an archive of tweets? Mm-hmm. And imagine like <clears throat> imagine someone like going through our tweets, right? And just having to go through all the shit that's been on there. Oof. And like you'll have like newscasters that are trying to like put these tenuous links between like Evangelion related um Evangelion related tweets to stuff about like not peeing and like will basically create the subculture mm-hmm. just built out of like stupid internet humor that at some point Newt Gingrich will be on TV being like, We have to burn Evangelion. <laughs> And we have to make sure that every young only, person pees at least five times a day. It's turning the, the teens. people with the time to do that kind of research are the follow-back brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the person who The goes, greatest investigative journalist of our time. I want to be like the forensic. I want, I'll, I'll join the cops as like a forensic cop, but only if I get to go through people's tweets. <laughs> you're gonna, no, you're, you're, you're like the... Uh, you're going to join the um, Vampire Castle Police, police Department um, <laughs> pre-woke period division. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the yeah. Vampire Castle Police Department. Uh, we really do get a lot of a lot of blood draining murders. That is the <laughs> chief kind of crime we encounter. Otherwise, it's very calm, actually. <laughs> yeah, I I love it if I if I said the word crazy in 2013 and then I turn up with all my blood drained. <laughs> I find that so funny. The people who genuinely think you can't call people stupid because it's ableist. Yeah. Uh, if you could replace Milo Amazing. with either a techno remix of Work by Rihanna or an effigy of Ayatollah Khomeini, Whoa. which would you pick? Whoa, shit. Whoa, shit. Shit. Fuck. Okay. Milo, what do you want to get replaced with? It's, it would be like a sort of Ben Garrison version of him where he's really ripped. <laughs> Wait, a really ripped effigy of Ayatollah Khomeini, by the way. It's Khomeini, it's not Khomeini. But. You'd have to have comedy written after after your after you murdering the pronunciation of Ramzan Kadyrov. I'm not going to take anything from you. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying it's it's like there's are two different Ayatollahs. There's Khomeini and Khomeini. There are two different ones. Khomeini's like the big badass one. Oh yeah, Khomeini's just like a bitch. Khoma, Khoma, Khomeini. Khomeini's just a bitch. Yeah, Khomeini, Khomeini's fucking. He's he's he number he's one. He's, he's tall. He's yeah. he's he's tall as shit. Um. He's got no, a sweet like, beard. It's, it's, it's for Chad versus... He's, and he's lifting like a huge steel girder that has the constitution written on it. Yo, one is about permanent revolution, <laughs> exporting the spirit of 1979, whereas you can recognize the virgin by his slumped posture agreeing to nu- her nuclear, <laughs> nuclear deal with the US, getting cucked by Ben Rhodes. <laughs> so... Um, I mean, if you get cucked by Ben Rhodes, who is yeah. himself the ultimate cuck, <laughs> what does that make? What does that make Khamenei? The official trash future cuck rankings. Yeah. Ayatona Khamenei. <laughs> no, no. Remember, Khamenei rocks. You can never forget that. <laughs> it's the key. It's the key position of this show is like communism with Islam with communism with Islamic elements. Mm. Like Khamenism. that's pretty sweet on the face of it. It's what it's what the is what the brave soldiers fighting for free speech on May the 6th are really fighting for. Exactly. Fighting so that a giant effigy of Ayatollah Khomeini can hang in Hackney. And do our podcast with us. And help us do podcasting. Now, getting back to the real meat of this question. It's really, if you could replace Milo with a techno remix of Work by Rihanna feet Drake or an effigy of Ayatollah Khomeini pure of heart. Uh, I, I edited that bit in. Which would you pick? Now, here's the thing. We have to remember that podcasting is an audio medium. 
<laughs> but I refuse to be replaced by anything which contains Drake. So it's got to be Ayatollah Khomeini. You can put in the like Black Hawk Down music. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. So if, if we only have the two choices, then obviously I think we're going <laughs> to... That's, that's what I'll be replaced by. Just we'll, that. We'll go with Khomeini and no music, which I personally think would make a better show. More Islamic. And more halal. It'd be more halal. Music um, is haram. More Khomeini. I mean, that's a lot <laughs> from ISIS techno. Khomeini. And also, as, as I've mentioned many times on the show, techno isn't even music, so... Well, fuck off then. <laughs> go back to collecting your chaos emeralds so you can, like, you know, I don't finally, like... I mean, you can just search Misato Katsuragi naked online, you know. No, there will be people who've drawn it. It's not the same. It's not the same. I want to see a Hidaki Ano original. Oh, shit. That actually gets into a little bit of a Walter Benjamin uh, argument, right? Yeah. We're talking about the work of um, his, his essay from the 30s, uh, The Work of Art in an Age of Mechanical Reproduction, Yeah. where he talks about like this idea of aura, right? Yeah. Where the original, where sort of in order to sort of maintain the sort of bourgeois exclusivity of art, uh, you have to, it's connected to a certain place in time. Because that's what distinguishes like Van Gogh's Starry Night yeah. as Van Gogh painted it from a otherwise perfect copy. Yeah. Um, and it's through and it's through ownership that you gain that aura. So the owner of Starry Night is allowed to commission copies. Anyone else who copies Starry Night without getting that permission is a forger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what you've been done, what's happened to you, is you've been taken in by the aura of, of Hideaki Anno's creation, mm. which is actually a bourgeois affectation that you won't just Google image search Misato Katsuragi naked. So you basically just described my entire vision. Wait, does that mean that the start of this episode is technically a forgery of Raheem Kassam? Uh, no, you've misunderstood the concept entirely, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> That's about normal. Time to move on. <laughs> Time to drink exactly one sip of coffee and move on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one exactly one sip of coffee soup. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, why don't we do a, a more serious one? We've okay. done okay. In what way or ways will you guys be protesting or celebrating the impending visit of President Trump? So this is interesting. I don't know what our position is on this. I think largely in the sense that, like, on the one hand, like it's going to be a warm Friday, right? And I would rather like sit in a park and drink like exactly one can of water. Um, <laughs> And listen to like and listen to like this American life or something like sure. that. But at the same time, big process can be fun because there's lots of people. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's a set there's a set there's a certain energy. What oh okay, I thought you were gonna use I thought you were gonna use the microphone to like somehow open your beer and I was oh, I like the sound. I was just like, <laughs> what's the point? But okay, fine. Um, is that what you're gonna you like open the show with like the sound of I want people to know I'm cool, Hussein. <laughs> so people know you're the drinking sound of exactly one beer. Um but I, I, I sort of feel that we're too sort of lazy to protest, right? I wonder like it's mm. I, I, I I have this thing right I think so about I protest on my own in Moscow. No, you'll you'll be you'll be living in, in the UK at that point. It's July thirteenth. Oh yeah, I'll be back. Yeah, you'll I know, but I should be in France on you, July 13th. You'll be back or I'll beg daddy. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> go out and protest. I look like I'm early for Bastille Day. I have, I have a question. I question really the extent to which going and just protesting that Trump's here is, I mean, look, we should do, it's something you should do, but I think it's very easy to overegg how effective it will be. Yeah. Because a lot of these protests, they don't really have a goal other than just expression in itself. Yeah. My goal is, can do that. My goal is to express how I feel, and I just assume that by some mechanism, that 
that my expression of my feelings will kind of work through to some material change in the world. But I think, I mean, yeah, you, it's can, you can kind of say that it's going to be of... full of fucking like libs who are like, oh my God, like Trump is so bad. Like it, Trump is like so bad for like women. Oh my God. Like Trump is like, he's so rude. He's so bad. And he like tweets all this dumb, it's like so bad. And like, they have no actual like real coherent well, I don't know, like, position. They just I, I sort like of see, I, because like, I, I, I sort of see that perspective. Like, they nicey, nicey, like traditional politician, like, um, and like protesting him is like pointless. He doesn't give a fuck. And none of the people who support him give a fuck. And so it's like, you've got a campaign on issues, really. I mean, like just saying like going boo Trump is like, whatever, like you're not doing anything. It makes you so feel better. I, fine. So I, I'm sort of in two minds about that because, on the one hand, like yeah, I, I sort of I sort of sympathise with that position, and I do sort of feel that like protesting like big personalities who are like shitheads just for the sake of it doesn't necessarily like lead itself to like any sort of material ends. But a couple of months ago, like obviously there were those kind of you know it won't be as big as the Trump protests, but they were quite big considering like of um uh, our boy Muhammad uh, ibn Salman, right? When uh, the king, when the Saudi Arabian king came to the UK, mm-hmm. and there were lots of people protesting against like his ongoing war in Yemen and like all the shit he basically has like done in Syria and stuff like that. Like, I don't think we would have been so kind of forthright in kind of saying, well, there's no point protesting this character because you know where is it going to go? I think the thing with the Trump thing is that because he's like he occupies such a huge space in like our pop culture psyche. Up to the point where, like, and people have said this before, the 2016 election has, like, not ended. Mm-hmm. 2016 has not ended. No. Um, so for people who He's kind of talk about this and think about, to think about this all the time, like, it's really exhausting. It's really exhausting for us to think, okay, we're going to stand for a few hours in the sun and basically, like, make fun of his orange skin and his, like, yellow hair and stuff. But my, the alternative way of thinking is this may engage lots of people who do not like aren't particularly interested in like the nuances of politics. And if you have a certain percentage of those people who kind of say, I've been to this protest, I'm sort of like charged to like, I, I, I feel like a sense of recharge and I'm going to investigate like certain things further. That could actually be really good. And bear in mm-hmm. mind, but like lots of like a new, lots of like the new generation of like lefty, lefty types, whoever in like the labor party or even like the young socialist, democratic socialists of America, like they have come, they, they haven't come as being, you know, um, lifelong socialists or people who are like well-versed in socialist theory. They came because of these like big momentous things and decided to stay. So really, I think this is a good opportunity for like leftist groups and like campaigners and campaign groups say, okay, we've got potentially this huge pool of people who share our broader goals, but, you know, let's not kind of try push them out or like, let's not alienate them. I think the key, I think that's exactly right. And I think the key is the protest can't just be boo Trump. It has to be boo Trump, but hooray something else. It has to. It has to. It can't. It has to build to something. It can't just be an expression of anger. So I can't go with. A, I can't go with a sign that says poo yeah. Trump. But that, but that is what it will be. It's like that is creating that something. Is like the vast majority of people who will go to that protest are people who just be like boo Trump, regardless of whether like some people go to it with like actual goals and like tangible plans. I'm really interested in seeing the people who are going out in support of Trump, right? Because we know sort of who they'll be. But the thing that I really want to do is see Paul Joseph Watson <laughs> in the flesh. <laughs> I mean, that's interesting. Do you think he, um, do you think he takes that map with him? <laughs> he has like two people carry it as a background. 
Um, he can't be seen not in front of the map. <laughs> it's okay. just so he doesn't get lost. Um, let's see. He doesn't. Try, he, doesn't he, <laughs> <laughs> he needs like an 18th century seafaring map. That's he, how he, he does, navigates. He doesn't try, like he refuses to use any other maps. He's completely confused by the tube. <laughs> like, he's, he's like, he's like Victoria. I thought this was the Northwest Passage. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't trust Google Maps. Um. Okay. Like he's like. He's like trying to get on the northern line using a sextant. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I think ultimately, like it's Im- it's important to protest Trump's visit because he's a he's a he is the ghoulish manifestation of the worst elements of America of Western democracy and American democracy in particular. I just think that it's important not to get your hopes up for the idea that a mass a mass protest that you know, doesn't then say seize anything yeah. is going to do much directly. I think what we have to do is hope and not just hope, but try to organize yeah. the idea that it will go on to something. There's a part two. Yeah. Okay. If you if you listen to this show, I encourage you to go to the protest if you take a sign that says show us the piss tape. <laughs> I mean I'm sure I'm sure there'll be lots of signs which are like show us the pee tape and stuff. Um so I've got a couple a couple on here that are basically thematically related. Okay. Um, what would you recommend a baby Marxist reads, listens to, or watches? I want to be able to say things like materialist analysis and dialectical and actually know what I'm saying. And the second one, um, your political and social views as a whole in the podcast appeal to my own feelings. Thank you. However, I don't feel as clued up on the more detailed aspects of it. Where's my best place to start in terms of reading? Capital Volume 3, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Godfather 3 of Marxist literature. I would say start a podcast with Riley. So I'd go on this Just website. Just have him explain go, it to you. I'd go onto this website called Sparknotes. Because <laughs> um, that's what I do. I haven't, I haven't read like most kind of like the leftist literature um, that I assume that you have. Um, and I haven't read classics for obvious reasons that I did not go to Oxbridge. Um, though I am now kind of I'm obsessed with the idea of like Virgil being a hack. Like I just think about I just think about that line like at the most random at the most random moment. It's just like oh Virgil Virgil was a hack. That's 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 like that's a lot. Okay, okay. But what what do you recommend? Uh, someone like wh- from what materials do you build your point of view, and what do you think someone should look into? So. I was very interested in contemporary stuff and most of it was related to bullshit jobs. So um, things like like writers like David Graeber is like a really good, really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of like back issues of Jacobin, which yeah. you can get online. For- that was how you came on the show the first yeah, time. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, talked about was, bullshit that jobs. Was, yeah, so that, was, that was when things were, that's when I came on as a smart person and now I'm just stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hashtag throwback. Um, so like back issues of Jacobin are good ways to get into subjects without kind of being too um without being too bogged down into like loads of theory. Descent magazine, I think, is an interesting, interesting one. Um I'm really interested in like how I'm interested in just like the way that young people live in like cities. Cit- cities such as England. Oh uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, the 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 fa- the fame the famous city, the famous city of England. I'd love I'd love a, a medieval Nick Crompton. Where he opens up a pub like called the City yeah. C I T T I E of England of England with another E on the end of it. <laughs> It'd be fucking sweet. Yeah, I mean, and then, and he just gets like he just gets like Shanghai aboard some ship that's going to like 
America as a social experiment, <laughs> and there's someone who is uh, painting it really uh, fast, so you can do a flip book. <laughs> well, that's our next trash project. He ends up being tried for witchcraft, yeah. and then people can, and then people can say verily, or 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 whatever they'd say for no. Um, and but, also, and also, like this show is a technology show, right? And we very like, like, not like half. I always think, the way I always describe the show is is I mean it's a comedy show for one, but it's. it's it, the way it, it's it's a show about why modernity hasn't been all that it's cracked up to be, and part of that's it's sure part of that's technology, but like a part it's it's there's a lot of other shit too, as to like just why it's it's like there's a little bit it's like where's my jetpack, but mostly it's just like there are, there were a series of choices that have been made by people in power over the last twenty thirty forty years thousands of years whatever. That have basically meant that the world is getting better for a smaller and smaller number of people, and it's getting crueler and more asinine for everyone else. But the main thing is, we want to return to an understanding of anatomy based on the four humans. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very bilious recently in terms of humors, yeah. although I, I came onto this show positively phlegmatic. <laughs> um, well, in- the four, the four humors being uh, busting jokes, uh, weird online jokes. Uh, dunking jokes and cum jokes. Yeah, of course. In terms of like the big yeah. kind of theory books, because this would also be useful for me, mainly to understand what the fuck you like talk about sometimes. Um, what are like the stuff that you would recommend? Um, look, and I'm going to think about, I'm going to try to be a little clever about this because I don't think a lot of our listeners have time necessarily to like read Capital. I think there are a lot. And also like the thing to remember is like Capital is full of like charts yeah. And graphs and a lot of hard economic evidence from the ninth, early 19th century yeah. <laughs> about why, like, the spinning Jenny would eventually become too expensive to build. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all very, very esoteric. Yeah. Um, great, a great Marxist prediction. <laughs> well, I think, again, I think it's, only incident, it's only incidentally wrong. I think the core, the core mechanism he's describing is correct. It's just that the, when the rate of profit falls, Capital is very good at finding other things to cannibalize, um, which is where which is what late capitalism is. It's when capitalism starts to consume its own. It's we've run out of other markets, we've run out of other resources. Now we're just monetizing people's like emotions or whatever. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, I think actual cannibalism is not far from getting disrupted by an app. Oh yeah, we're about to have like fuel by humans for humans of humans, <laughs> humans. It's like cannibal, but spell L-E at the end instead of A-L. Um, so, look, what I read... I mean, at this point, um, a lot of what I read is just what, I'm, is just what I, I get sent for Commie Book Club. Um, I, I've got, I'm actually really excited. I've got Dan Hancock's book that came through to me today. Um, but what I read... Okay, I digress. What I read... What I would read... So I wouldn't read Capital. I would read about Capital. I would understand what Marx was saying. I'd understand the basis of his arguments. You know what I would actually recommend? There's a podcast called The Discourse Collective, and they actually have several theory episodes from, I think, late last year, where they actually read through and explain capital for you. Mm. I think that those guys... That is like the anime to the manga of the original Das Kapital. <laughs> yeah, it's the anime. It, no, it, it is the anime of, of Marx. I'd strongly recommend listening to the Discourse Collective. Okay. Um, 
Das Kapital, book of the film. <laughs> <laughs> you watch the movie, now read the book. And that's the only way that that's the only way it's gonna be sold at like. I fucking I fucking love novel adaptations of films. I think it's the best genre of literature. <laughs> <laughs> this is so pointless. Um okay, so what else? In terms of in terms of like um mo- more modern stuff, um look, I think that you can you can find publishers and sort of begin to just look at what they're pu- are putting out and decide what interests you. But I also do like really good sales a lot. Yeah. Um. So I treat myself like a lot when they do like fifty percent sales, uh, Christmas sales. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like really good. There's a lot of really good stuff in there. But the other thing was, I think, and this is sort of where I get a a lot of just the things that I talk about is i used to like work as a writer of academic books um so i just had to read a lot of that shit one of the books that i found really most affecting was john hobson's uh, imperialism a study from 1900 interesting okay um and it's and, and it, he basically just talks about why um the ways in which sort of underconsumption and oversaving by uh well the wealthy yeah essentially lead to there being no market for their products at home. Uh, there is no, but more importantly, not just no market, there's no way to, to, to profitably dispose of their capital. Yeah. And so it, they encourage uh, governments to invade other countries to largely secu- to, so that they can invest their capital assets there and they're thereby secured by imperialism. Yeah. It is a very succinct way of explaining why not only this distribution of wealth that we have in the system by which it's distributed is fundamentally illogical, it also is a very good exposition on precisely how that is not that 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 lack of reason doesn't just lead to say poor economic outcomes at home. It also leads to fundamental injustice. Right. Uh, I think I think I think Hobson is a brilliant polemicist, uh, and I'm a huge fan. Otherwise, more more modern stuff. Uh, it's arguably the second best book on the topic after Nigel Biggers' Imperialism, the most ambitious railway project of all time. <laughs> Nigel Biggers' Imperial Imperialism, <laughs> a cheerleading squad. Um, there is like one go-to place, though. One go-to place for anyone who wants to get into this game. Smokes and cigarettes. <sighs> this is a little publication printed <laughs> just out of London. I don't know if you've heard heard of it before. It's called Monocle. Oh, I thought you were gonna do Spiked. <laughs> spiked is like way above, you know. That's like proper galaxy brain stuff. You don't, you don't recommend that shit to amateurs. Uh, redistributing wealth, the working class is actually patronizing. Place an eye with an exclamation mark. You know, I used to work at Monocle. Yeah, you've mentioned. That's why I mentioned it. It was supposed to be a f- 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 fuck's sake. Monocle, the foremost magazine about having no depth perception. If I like modern stuff, I'll put it on Comic Book Club. So, Psychopolitics and the Amateur are two really good books I'd recommend. Um, Capitalist Realism by Mark Fisher is really short. All these books are really short and digestible, uh, and I'd strongly recommend them. Also, that movie Young Marks is really fun. Is it? Yeah, it's really fun. Okay. It's like, yeah, it's, I, I really enjoy it. Uh, do we have time for any more questions? Do we have time for one more? And of course, book of the film, Das Kapital. Okay. Uh, um, shall we do a funny one or a regular one? I think a funny one that does. Yeah. 
Let's do a couple funny ones really fast. Uh, will Olga and Keely have a threesome with me? Quick fire round. Probably. Maybe? Next question. Can I come on the sailor hat? Or a sailor hat it's, in my it's, profile It's picture. your hat, man. Is, how are your they spelling no, I lost the hat. The hat's gone. Uh, <laughs> a classic trash future game of soggy hats. <laughs> how far are you through solving racism? How are we going to solve racism? Yeah. Um, but it's an interesting question. I think that we're only solve racism when everyone has their own irony Freedom podcast. of speech. <laughs> everyone has. So basically when every other like outlet of free speech dies except for the podcast and the rule is that everyone is allowed to have a podcast but that is it nothing else that's perfect i mean i think that we only will solve racism when we give racists the biggest platform possible so the most people can debate their ideas in the menchies right yeah right like we need exactly we need to let you know um fucking jack buckby get on and get on the bbc and talk about like you know, the Italian brain pan or whatever, uh, <laughs> so that everyone can say, uh, actually, the Italian brain pan is a fallacy, and most Italians have the cognitive function of a normal child, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so we can't be discriminating against them. Uh, good old. Oh, wait, was that my Italian girlfriend? No, it wasn't. <laughs> good old. Good old. I have, an, I have an Italian girlfriend. I'm allowed to talk about the brain pan. Yeah, of course you do. Um, oh. uh, is Hussein single? Um, I've made very clear on my curious cat that not only will I never date, but I ideally would not like to ever like speak to women, just 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 for religious reasons. I'm sorry. Uh, what happened to Abby? Uh, Abby moved to the states, and we are not able to like time recording with her because when we tend to record, she tends to be like busy at work. But we are all still good friends, and I'm going to go see her in the states uh, next month. Nice. Um, let's see. Oh, is this Abby? Yes. Uh, how do you edit out all the noise coming from Riley? Focus frolicking in his home office ball pit while you record. I'm a long time baller trying to start a podcast, but so far, all my attempts to record have been completely ruined by the sound of plastic frantically slapping against plastic and flesh. Not frolicking is not an option. Thank you. We have a guy called Nate. Um, and Nate helps us make our, make our shit show look sound good. Um, and when he edits the show, he often DMs us saying this, like, just just DMs us with pictures of himself, like, with his head in his hands. That's, like, enough to kind of show. So if you listen to, like, some of the early recordings when, like, Riley used to edit, like, I, I, listen to this, I listen to this show, like, on my commute to work in the mornings. And there'll be times when just, like, listening, listening to an unedited record of this show is a bit like watching that video from The Ring, like, you will not survive long my ears hurt because of like this sudden weird sound of like microphones like yeah stuff like that yeah or just like these popping sounds and stuff and it'll be like pop, pop. that's me fucking be... no that's me fucking shooting lames at the rap game <laughs> and it'll, be like, it'll be interspersed with like really crisp audio from my life <laughs> How real? So, so so nate's the one who uh makes it sound okay exactly and i'm i like to also uh, point out i'm not in the ball pit because it's fun I'm in the ball pit because it helps me stay enraged. And that is, and that is, You have merely adopted the ball pit. I was raised by it. Nurtured I can't wait it. until water births. Uh, they know that trend of like giving birth in a bathtub gives way to ball pit births. So your baby is quirky and fun. Oh, hell yeah. The most fun kind of birth. <laughs> uh, the final question I. Yeah, the baby comes out and gets handed a complimentary glass of Prosecco. Oh, God. I hate our entire society and culture. Um, 
I think the final question that we're going to handle on our Q&A episode. Will Hussein be returning for the Q&A episode? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm a, I'm a lib now and um, I'm actually using this is my last appearance on Trash Future uh, because I will be joining the wonderful crew uh, I'm going to be a Romaniac yeah no and then we're going to change the name to Husaniacs <laughs> I'm going to join the Romaniacs Hell on the yeah. basis that like I want part of the oh Looney Tunes universe are you going to are you going to run off under cover of night to go join the Romaniacs and fight in like in, in Wrexham yeah yeah well I mean I want to stay in the EU because, like, I need I need smoother anime delivery services, and without free movement, I'm not going to be able to watch the final hidden season of Love Hina. <laughs> that infuriates me. John, John Claude Junker wants to put tariffs on hentai. <laughs> when, when that's why he must be stopped. When, when Keitaro from Love Hina like falls in love with Kaoru from Evangelion. Hell yeah, <laughs> my bitch. How how did how the fuck did you find my fan fiction? <laughs> How the fuck did you find my secret Tumblr? Also, yeah, I, I should also note for our listeners that I do have a secret Tumblr, and if you find it, um, I'm sorry, but you, also there might be like a show about the secret you, Tumblr. If you find the secret Tumblr, you win a picture of Charlie Palmer in a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that's a, a really, really old Future reference. That is. Oh, I thought like I thought because like Charlie Palmer looks like the Walmart, the Walmart kid. What? You know the Walmart kit? No. The yodeling Walmart kit. Oh, I keep seeing Charlie that, but I never looked at yodeling. it. Always yodeling. Look at... Famously short <laughs> People Charlie, of shortness. Charlie Palmer is like the big Walmart kid. The Walmart kid grew... And that kid grew up to be Charlie Palmer. <laughs> My, a large son. Charlie Palmer's a big guy. He's not a small man. <laughs> is this podcast he's like largest a, He's like son. a tall dude. Yeah, he's, he's a tall, a tall guy. Man. He's like... Man, man is six foot motherfucking five. <laughs> Um, I'm so I'm gonna be when he yodels, it really reaches the surrounding so hills. I'm gonna be going to Russia tomorrow. Um, oh, really? Yeah, how come? Oh, yeah, I'm a bitch. Uh, hanging with Milo, spread compromise. Just so I can, just so I can let Eric Garland know. Yeah, well, he'll he'll make it. Yeah, we're in search of the P tapes, that's why Riley's coming. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hussein, uh, I'm so glad that you're back from your vision quest. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this show. I'm done with this show. I'm a Romaniac now. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have like 18 hashtags in yes. your name now, like AC Grayling. <laughs> AC Grayling, otherwise known as Anime Connoisseur Grayling. <laughs> MC Grayling on the mic. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Thank you.